This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. A neurologist whose contributions are admired across the world has joined the team at Toronto's Baycrest Rotman Research Institute. Seen as a leader in brain function and aging, I speak with Dr. Howard Chertko about his cutting-edge work. And he's sold more than 30 million records and is still making music and performing. And this year, he's one of eight inductees into Canada's Walk of Fame. Andy Kim is currently planning his big annual Christmas show, and he dropped by our studios for a chat. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A Canada-wide ban on trans fats came into effect this week. The unsaturated fatty acids are commonly found in margarine, shortening, and commercial baked goods. Health Canada says eating trans fats bumps up the risk of heart disease. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency is now tasked with enforcing the ban through testing. Protests continue to grow against Vladimir Putin's plan to change the pension age in Russia, and thousands have been detained. Demonstrators held signs with messages like, Putin, when will you go on pension, at a rally in Moscow. The proposal would increase the eligibility age by five years to 65 for men and 60 for women. As a result, Putin's popularity is crashing. Canada's mail carriers are in a legal strike position on Wednesday, and if there's a work stoppage, people may turn back to the black market to buy their medical marijuana. Canopy Growth says there's no other legal means of getting cannabis to customers than through the mail, so it's expecting customers will either go without or find an alternative source. A Golden Girl was the star at an event where golden statues were handed out this week. 96-year-old Betty White received a standing ovation at the 70th Emmy Awards where the actress and comedian was honoured. She joked about being the first lady of television, literally, after an 80-year career in show business. Thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you so much. White has won eight Emmys and has been nominated 24 times. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. To mark World Alzheimer's Day, we talked to a world-renowned neurologist newly arrived in Toronto to become the inaugural director of the Kimmel Family Centre for Brain Health and Wellness at Toronto's Baycrest. Dr. Howard Chertko has many titles, but his work has one focus, to lead a team that studies and develops the most promising approaches to preventing and treating Alzheimer's disease 
and related conditions. We have not had a new treatment for Alzheimer's disease in more than 15 years. There was a period when we had new medications coming in, which were treating the symptoms at least. And then we've had a a series of failed molecules, failed studies. There's not been good news or a, a breakthrough for a long time. You are starting a clinical trials unit. How can that give hope to people who are diagnosed or loved ones? We're at a very critical time in treating Alzheimer's disease. There's just a slew of new molecules that are coming out of laboratories and coming out of pharma. And the fact that there have been so many failed trials doesn't mean we're not going to achieve success with some of these in the coming years. So we want to be ready to try these new molecules and and new approaches. We're also getting very excited about some of the non medicinal, non-pharmacological, non-drug approaches. The other aspect is that there's a lot of new information on prevention, and we've learned a great deal in the past decade or 15 years about factors that increase brain resilience or things that can slow down or potentially slow down the progression to Alzheimer's disease. Generally, you're talking about exercise, maintaining a healthy weight, eating a healthy diet, right? That's part of it. And and it's quite true that right now people should know, someone asked me, what is the most important thing I can do to prevent Alzheimer's disease? It is do the things that treat your vascular uh, risk factors, you know, treat high blood pressure, treat your cholesterol, stop smoking, treat diabetes. Well, you don't want to be obese, you want to exercise. And, and those things are the most powerful things we can offer, but they're not the only things. There are things we now realize could be done. In diet, it's been shown that, first of all, diets such as the Mediterranean diet or the mind diet that get away from red meat and have more fish, but also have things like diets with cold water fish because they have a higher level of omega fatty acids, which seem to, to increase blood flow in the brain. Just in the past few years, we found realized that sleep is very important. The key protein in Alzheimer's disease, which is the amyloid protein, seems to get cleared from your brain when you sleep. And this has been quite remarkable has been shown at a cellular level. So if you're someone who sleeps less than six hours a night, your risk of getting Alzheimer's disease is up. And if you can add an hour of sleep and better sleep, that may be another prevention factor. It also takes a long time to get a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. What do you have so that people can find out earlier? What we really need is sort of a blood pressure cuff for your brain. You know, you go into your doctor, you're feeling fine, takes your blood pressure and says it's up, we have to get you on treatment to prevent heart disease or heart attacks 5, 10, 15 years down the line. We don't have that for the brain. So the search has been on for something that's that's simple, can be repeated, inexpensive, and non-invasive. We're not there yet, but there are new machines that can measure micromolecules in the blood. We can do uh, sophisticated brain imaging, looking at the structure of the brain or the molecular function. And by doing these things, we can pick up evidence you're at increased risk of getting Alzheimer's disease 5, 10, 15 years earlier. Also, simple memory testing has become much more sophisticated. And we're better able to look at risk factors so we know when people have very mild memory loss, who is actually at greater risk of going on and developing Alzheimer's, or is it just normal aging? Nobody wants to find 
out about an illness that can't be treated. And certainly the, the main reason to, to push for early diagnosis and earlier diagnosis is if there is a medication that can be offered. And once we have those medications, then it's going to be incumbent on everybody to do, just like you, you do your blood pressure testing, because there's something you can do. On the other hand, you can look at it two ways. First of all, we see many people who are worried, and then we do testing and do scans and biomarkers and conclude that, that really they're, they're normal. They're, we call them the worried well, and sometimes testing reassures people. The new Kimmel Center for Brain Wellness is going to combine offering uh, facilities for older people to stimulate their minds and exercise and so on with research into how we can structure prevention studies and prevention treatments to really make a difference. But I think the main message is that I think we're at a time when there is tremendous hope. I think we're just on the verge of coming out in the next few years with prevention strategies that people can do that we will be able to define who's at high risk, who's at medium and low risk and offer them structured prevention suggestions of what people can do to decrease their risk of getting Alzheimer's disease or, or delay it. Okay, Dr. Howard Chertko, thanks so much. Thank you very much. That was Dr. Howard Chertko, just named the new chair in cognitive neurology and innovation at Baycrest's Rotman Research Institute. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, a singer-songwriter whose familiar songs from the 60s and 70s still resonate today joins Canada's Walk of Fame. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Zoomer Radio friend Andy Kim is having a big year. The award-winning singer-songwriter whose career has flourished for 50 years has been named to Canada's Walk of Fame, and he's currently gearing up for his annual Christmas charity show. He dropped by our studios to talk. I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to get a lot of awards in my life, but this one here owned my emotions and it still does. I miss my mom and dad so much at this moment, more than normal, because they didn't know how I would turn out. And (laughs) here we are with this wonderful moment in my life where uh, you're celebrated by your country, and I think it's beautiful. I'm the third of four brothers, and and what basically um, happened is I was living a dream, and I didn't come from a musical family. As a matter of fact, I only knew two chords, but... I really believed so much in this dream that I acted the guy that I was to become at home. And they thought you were an idiot. They thought that I had (laughs) lost my mind more than that, you know. And we grew up in the tenements of Montreal, and there was a job waiting for you if you had some form of education. And uh, there was another life that I saw. And when I look back, I think about the fact that... um, my early years were on Saint-Denis and the Castanot. Were your parents immigrants? Yes. Both my mom and dad are immigrants. From? Tell um, me a little bit about your family. Well, my father was born in 1882 oh, in wow. the mountains of Lebanon, and my mom was born 30 years later, also in the mountains. But they only met when my mom, as a girl, grandparents... Uh, brought her to Montreal, and my father, whose parents immigrated to New York City, came to a church function. 
And so what was, what was their name before it was Kim? Joaquim. Joaquim. Okay. What do you take away from the way you grew up? Was it the hard work or, or what? I grew up in an environment where we all loved each other. And someone once said, the bond that keeps a family together is not one of blood, but of mutual respect in each other's lives. As I get older, I realize that this ability to have a dream, this ability to believe that you can walk this planet and someone will be there to help you, was fostered by the love that I received. You've had and still have a fabulous career. What are your thoughts on keeping it going as a Zoomer? I just know that somewhere in this spirit that I inhabit, I never look back. I always look to today. I always try to find the best in people. I always try to be the best that I can be and know that my success has not happened because of me, but because of so many people that have believed in me and given me the opportunity So I say I've never taken a bow for inspiration. I am living this life for as long as God has given me on his time. And um, every day is a new day. Yesterday's errors were really lessons that you hope to carry with you. So believing that God's always on time, I figure, um, well, here's the truth. Okay. I have no known skills except this. <laughs> I have no known skills. I can't, I can't, you know, get a wrench out and do something, but I can write songs. And God willing, I can stand up on stage and sing those songs. Okay, but still, styles change. People get older. There's always a new thing. So what advice do you have about achieving longevity in a career? Stay away from social media as your barometer to what you're doing. I think uh, the most important thing is um, you have to be sound and based in a reality of who you are. I've never looked over my shoulder to say, well, oh, that artist is doing this and I should be on that tour or I should. I don't come from that. I just come from what am I doing? Am I doing it well? You know, you must be good at what you do, but you must be special at what you do because there's a lot of very talented people that never had an opportunity to have a hit record. There's a lot of talented people that never had an opportunity to get on stage. And I've met some of those touring and meeting people. Tell me a bit about your Christmas special. Well, this is my 14th year. So 14 years ago, I was able to... uh, to have another kick at the can in my life, thanks to Ed Robertson of the Bare Naked Ladies. We wrote a song together. He produced it. It came out. We had a top 10 record here in Canada. And I always, when I was starting out and to understand the family I came from, I, I would go to orphanages and I'd go to charities and I'd donate my time. And um, all ticket sales go to a charity that is chosen. I'm still doing it on my own. I have a lot of people that come and help me. It's December the 5th at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, and uh, tickets will go on sale, I think, October 19th. It's become such an institution that artists like Alex Lifeson, Bare Naked Ladies, Serena Ryder, Ron Sexsmith's been there every year except the one year. And every year I find 
someone who's just beginning and give them an opportunity to be heard and hopefully give them the confidence to move on and have a career of their own. Thank you so much. Andy Kim, pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That was Andy Kim, whose enduring success has landed him on Canada's Walk of Fame. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up, we mark the birth of a great Canadian poet, songwriter, and troubadour we lost two years ago. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. Excitement is building as New York's Metropolitan Opera prepares to mount Samson and Delilah this coming Monday night. The opera is sung in French with titles in English, German, Spanish and Italian. A futuristic museum designed by the Tokyo Olympic Stadium architect and featuring exterior concrete slabs has opened in Dundee, Scotland. The $100 million Victoria and Albert Dundee is the centerpiece of a massive regeneration of Scotland's fourth largest city. Legendary vocalist Dionne Warwick is preparing to return to London's Royal Albert Hall Tuesday night, backed by a live orchestra. And the public program, which covers five platforms of contemporary Asian art, has opened in Shanghai. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. This weekend marks the anniversary of the birth of the great Canadian singer-songwriter and poet Leonard Cohen. He was born September 21, 1934, and passed away just under two years ago in November 2016. Cohen started as a poet fresh out of McGill University in the 50s. His first volume of poetry, Let Us Compare Mythologies, was published in 1956. That was followed by The Spice Box of Earth in 1961 and Flowers for Hitler in 1964. He also wrote two novels in the 60s, The Favorite Game in 1963 and Beautiful Losers in 66. The following year, though, he transformed from poet to musician. He released his first album, The Songs of Leonard Cohen, which included two of his biggest hits, Suzanne and So Long, Marianne. From that point on, his musical career took off and he released album after album through the 1970s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Right now, we'll hear his very first hit, here is Suzanne. Suzanne takes you down to her place near the river. That was Leonard Cohen with Suzanne. This weekend marks the anniversary of his birth. He was born September 21st, 1934 in Montreal. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snymer. Produced by Christine Ross, Michelle Saunders, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.